Chocolate Black Tea Honey. Wait, she said what? No. Absolutely not. Pour me the rosé. Okay, okay. My reality TV obsession is you can't be tame. I know, right? Yeah, it's just like a cute little hangover. Oh, oh my god. Sierra, <laughs> I'm dead. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Coastally Speaking. One day. I honestly, I purposely do it bad. You know? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to stop trying from now on. Okay, great. Speaking of stop trying. Yeah. I'm in it. I'm Get into in it. it. Take us there. <laughs> What's going so, on? So flaking and canceling. Mm. There's a very big difference I've come to find. Okay. I feel like canceling is like, hey, I'm giving you a heads up notice that like, the plans tomorrow, the plans in a couple of days, not going to work out. We have room to reschedule. You have time to make other plans with your time. Flaking is telling me the same day, hours before we're supposed to meet up, that like, you're not coming anymore. So I have zero plans. I have an entire day free that I was planning that I reserved for you. Like, uh, that throws off my entire day. Can like, I ask I had... what the plans were? Can we get, like, some deets? Some some, some of the details? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I was supposed to go to the beach. Mm. Uh, oh, and that's, want... like, really, like, a full day. Like, if you're planning a beach day, you're not only just excited to, like, get outside, be near water, tan, whatever, but, like, that's a full fucking day. Yes. And then the day of, I was like, so are we meeting there? Or are we going to go to the beach? Or do you want to come here? For, like, what do we want to do? And then that's when it was like, oh, I meant to text you yesterday. And it's like, it's fine. No. I'm happy for you. Want you to thrive. But like, she's going to listen to this and be like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, girl. But like, text me and say that this is not happening anymore so no I didn't go no I don't think I would have gone either the thing that that really grinds my gears about that situation is the mm -hmm. um if you have to cancel right and this is the distinction between canceling and flaking if you right. have to cancel because you had an audition come up of course you have to prioritize that of course you do but mm -hmm. if I have to check in with you in order to find out that we're no longer doing this because your plans that. changed that's where we're wrong here that's, that that's where this that. is no longer acceptable <laughs> You can, you're an adult, you can reach out and just be like, hey, so sorry, I know this sucks, but like, can't do the beach tomorrow because I have this like, thing. I could have planned that out differently and instead totally. I Totally. It just it screws your whole, I have a friend that like, is that, but every time we try to hang out and it's like, I, ooh, ooh, it makes me so angry. <laughs> and it's normally like a, hey, I'm on my way. And then it's a text of like, oh, oh crap. No. And it's like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm going to come anyways and then kill you because this <laughs> is terrible. And every mm. time too, that it's just mm -hmm. like, how is it that every single time right. we make plans and then the day comes, something always comes up. Mm-hmm always comes up it's one of the most frustrating personality traits for somebody to be which is why now i just don't make plans like if i i know right off the bat if i want to do something or not and if i don't yeah. want to do it little young sav would have people pleased her way through every situation and then probably canceled last minute and now uh -huh. i'm just like i know it's gonna piss people off so i'm just gonna say no and then no. if i change my mind last minute i can hit you up and be like hey were you still gonna go to the beach i might tag along you know, right. then I'm like adding to a plan versus taking away from it. Exactly. Because I just know I don't want to go 90% of the time. <laughs> so. But it totally is. It does fall onto us a little bit where like I've had this conversation with my therapist. We're just going to start calling her Megan. You guys okay. know her at this point, right? Okay. So <laughs> Megan and I were talking and um, I have a habit of 
like wanting all of my friends to be everything all the time, which is like not the case. Like I know that one of my friends isn't the best person to go to if I'm like feeling sad about a boy. I'm going to get very right. like shut down in the moment and like my feelings are not going to be taken <laughs> into account, but I'll yeah. still go to him and uh and and complain about something or not even complain, but just like vent about, "Oh, this really sucks." You know, so and so that thing's over and I'll get the exact response that I knew I was going to get. And then I get mad at it. And it's like, well, you knew you were going to get it. So why'd you do it in the first place? So she literally made me make a list of all of my friends and what they like sort of bring to the friendship or like what their strong suits are in the friendship. And I'm only allowed to hit up the people that are good at things when I need something. So like if I need help moving, I know who's going to actually show up and help do that. I know who's not going to. And I know that if I reach out to all those other people expecting them to show up in a space that they're terrible at, like, it's just going to piss me off. They're going to be fine. They don't mind. You know, (laughs) this is like just my space (laughs) that's getting fucked up. I have to work on that, too. I I don't know if you heard this about me. I am a piece of work. I am very hard to please. I have the highest expectations for people. And then I get disappointed when they don't reach my expectations that I never told them about. Same. Same. You know what I mean? And also it's my I worst think- quality. It's my worst quality. I have so <laughs> many expectations trait. for everyone. Yes. My toxic trait. <laughs> Expecting toxic- just everyone to do everything without me telling them that it's something that I needed them to do in the first place. Right. I need you to be a mind reader for me, but then I need you to clarify things that you need from me. <laughs> yes. And then I also don't want reader. people to do things. Like, I'm the person that I get mad every time that somebody doesn't, like, throw me a surprise birthday. But then if somebody <laughs> were to throw me a surprise birthday, I'd be like, you did this all wrong. That none of this is what I want. So it's like, there's just no pleasing. <laughs> I'm dead. But we also decided on a full, like, new schedule, guys, by the way. New episodes are now going to be coming out on Thursdays instead of Wednesdays. Because we've changed our date. <laughs> yeah. Closer to the weekend. You- Ready for the weekend, yes! Ready for the weekend. Yes, thank you. Thank you I had just, I had gone out, and you know this is like the opposite of my vibe. I've been out every night since Thursday, and it just all caught up with me on Sunday. I was not a person. I was not a person. What did you do I, this weekend? Well, um, Saturday, we'll work backwards. Saturday, I had a friend's birthday dinner, so we went to dinner and then like bar hopped around Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. Went to this place that I'd never been to before that played like only early 2000s hip-hop R&B, which was incredible, and nice. also had these really good frozen drinks. Um, deadly. We had two of them, and it, like, put us all over the edge. The next day, we were all just like, <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> um, Friday, I went to a wine bar and then watched Love Island with a couple of girlfriends, but we went through, like, three bottles of wine. Oh, I love that. So yeah, one each. was cute. One each. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, Thursday... A friend of mine was throwing like a fundraiser event for um, uh, I'm spacing on the name Community Entertainment Fund. So to help with like out of work actors and writers from WGA and SAG. It's like so I had to go and support that. What? Every, everybody. So all the people. Everyone. So everyone all, I know. All the people. <laughs> so for all of my friends, we're raising money. <laughs> um, how is the SAG strike affecting you? And also, does that affect Broadway? Ah, that's actually a really good question. I don't think so because they're different unions, but I would imagine that a lot of the actors that are on Broadway are SAG actors, so they're just only being able to do theater. Um, It's honestly, I mean, aside from just like 
auditions. It's not affecting me too much in the moment. Like I still have some commercial auditions coming in, which are okay and allowed. Um, But it's just going to put a huge pause on like any theatrical thing coming in. But just like overall, I mean, that's the the shit that these studios are trying to pull is just like, even if it's not affecting somebody right now, it is going to affect the next like at least 60 years of whatever it will look like to be an actor or a writer or anyone in this industry. So it's like, you know, (laughs) we should be paying attention. I mean, you're talking all of the film festivals coming up uh, end of summer, early fall. Um, SAG actors also aren't allowed to promote anything that they've done Mm -mm. or go to a premiere or post on their social media about something that they've done. Emmys, it sucks for everyone that just got nominated for an Emmy and they cannot promote the show at all. Um, Can you explain a little bit why the strike is happening and why this doesn't solely affect like the, the millionaire actors in SAG? Yeah, I mean, it definitely affects... There are, like... Man. Okay, so what were these stats that I just saw? So in order to qualify for SAG insurance, you have to make $26,000 a year. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not a lot of money, but it... it, You know, when people think about the people that are striking, they're thinking about, like, the top A-listers. But considering that you only have to make $26,000 a year to qualify for SAG insurance, and it's, like, Mm -hmm. 80... I think it's between like 85 or 87 percent of union members don't qualify for insurance. So the right. majority of people in these unions are not your A-listers. Like it helps to have the A-listers striking and talking about it because it gets the word out there. But like this is affecting so many more people um, that like actually need these day-to-day jobs. Tons of background actors that are like consistent background actors on set. Oh, they, that one was you crazy. Know, that literally just gave the me AI. Like, goosebumps. Yeah, you see, I I told you I am at war with AI myself. I know. I just do not believe in it at all. And I was like, this is the shit that I'm talking about. So in case you don't know, studios want to be able and mind you, a background actor for a day's worth of work. We're talking 180 like bucks. 70, how much? Like 180 bucks if you're sad. I was going to say anywhere from 75 to like 200 for the day and 200 like that's a really good background job and I'm assuming that mm-hmm. means you're coming back for multiple days. So it's like even, so there's potential even to grow from being on a set uh, as a background actor. But you get paid pennies and you get treated like cattle for the you most work part. like 15 hour days it's like it's terrible you're over in your in your tent with your crafty and called to when you need to be told when to walk when to do whatever but without those background actors um there would be no scene if somebody is at a mall or at a concert at a school and there's not students walking around behind them if there's not people adding to the environment to allow your imagination to believe that this is what's happening in front of your eyes then there's no project. So these studios do not give a shit. And what they want to do with AI is be able to pay somebody, so 75 bucks to $200 a day mm-hmm. for one day of work to th- therefore screen their face, capture it, put it in a little filing cabinet, and then whenever they need extras or like background people, instead of paying actual humans to be walking around in the background to to be adding to the value, they want to use AI to make fake humans while using Mm -hmm. somebody else's face and likeness without having to pay them however many times they want to use it 
for forever. 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 With it's no penalties. It's insane. I mean, you it, do it, 10 insulting. movie sets like that, and you're good forever. You don't need any more background to show up. And it's, I mean, it's, it, for so many reasons, so fucked. Because one, it's taking so many jobs from people. And obviously, mm-hmm. this is the highest, most important reason. But there's also yeah. just like this, this, um, the way that they look at sets and, and projects is like purely money-making machines. Whereas like to be an actor... Let's say you are one of the leads and mm-hmm. you're doing a scene where you're at a music festival and they no longer need to have tons of people as background in that music festival. You're now an actor doing a scene with one other person having to create this whole world that like you shouldn't have to create in the first. It should be. There are so many things about making movies that are fake, but like mm-hmm. as much as they can make the environment what it actually is, that helps you as an actor so much more. Dexter, he's come directly under the microphone. My dog is here. <laughs> I didn't hear him like, at all. Me. You didn't <laughs> get away. Bud. Um, no, but it's true. It's it's actually like that's why they have green screen acting. That's why they do all the CGI stuff. And I will say, I went and saw the new Indiana Jones, and mm. I actually really did like it. But the it's like the issue that I have because I always have to have an issue with something. I guess um, the issue <laughs> that I had was that the beginning half of the movie, or like let's say beginning quarter of the movie, it's Harrison Ford younger. So they clearly took AI, CGI, and put his face on a body double or whatever and filmed these scenes. And there was one fight scene where I'm a thousand percent convinced that the other person that he was fighting was also CGI, so I think the entire fight scene was done on a computer. Um... And to where I was like, that makes sense to me, where I'm like, okay, you want to hire this actor in Harrison Ford as an old man is actually in the movie as well. Um, so it's it's adding to the story, but I'm also kind of like to where I'm like an older actor who's incapable of doing certain stunts or certain whatever to add to the story. I think that should be allowed or optioned into a contract, but that makes sense to me where I'm like asking for young people to not only sacrifice their likeness for a background because the thing is nobody that's in a background actor is a background actor for their full job like nobody is like ah I made it as a background actor and I will never try to be more than that no every actor you take the jobs that you can get but you're working to 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 move up in 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 the world you know so it's like you're these studios are technically even chopping off people's starting off points being like well if you don't have an agent, you don't know anybody in the business, good luck even trying to step on a set. Absolutely. Do you see what I'm saying? And you, you learn so much. I mean, I learned so much from being on like ginormous sets of just being able to watch and observe and understand like lingos and who's who and who you should, you know what I mean? Like you get so much information and knowledge from being able to do that work. Right. Um, and you take that away from somebody and so much opportunity is pulled from them aside from just like the money that's paying their rent like there's so much worth to put to showing up and doing that work and like you're removing all of that for greed it's gross it's gross like the comments about um letting people you know start losing their homes and their apartments in order to like that's when negotiations will finally settle it's just so disgusting 
With the $27 million a year yeah. uh, paycheck. On a $400 million yacht. <laughs> on a billionaire's retreat <clears throat> with other billionaires flying private or saying that the things that they were, that actors and writers are asking for is unrealistic. But you guys were able to come to a settlement with the DGA where I'm like, like some like just so you know it's not like the people who wrote the fucking movie or the tv show directs it they find someone who like reads the material and is like ah yes perfect fit ma ma match made in heaven you know what i mean like granted directors are very important do not get me wrong but what mm -hmm. i'm saying is we're talking about the fact that all of these things go together in order to create a final product you will not have it most likely right. it's unless it's like coen brothers or some shit most likely the director is not writing and creating this project either so it's just like without said words on paper <laughs> there is no project the directors will always be happy because they are always going to be paid the most because they are considered one of the most important people on on set. They're physical which, bodies that have to show up on a set, right? Like you can't yeah. have a computer show up on set and direct. Exactly. You, you exactly. shouldn't be able to have a computer write a script because it's not going to be good. But like technically you can have a computer write a script. Technically you can have a computer take somebody's face likeness and make it into whatever they want. You literally can't do that with a director. Um, you can do it with the fucking CEOs, the number people, the people that make the decisions. <laughs> like, let's get them out of here. We, we could save so much money if we were doing that. They could actually compare real statistics in, in real time and be like, mm -hmm. oh, this is the demographic that is most attractive to this, so we should probably make programming based off of this versus yep. um, somebody's biased opinion that knows literally nothing, but it doesn't even matter if the if the network, if the show flops, whatever it is, they cancel your favorite show midway through because it's not making them enough money, but they're also not you know, placing marketing or merchandising anything behind it and then being like, oh, it's a flop. And everyone's like, wait, that was my favorite fucking show. Right. Why? And I'm like, so these are the people that are in control and that they could figure out how much to pay them. But then it's like, oh, the actors want more money? <laughs> the writers who create like it's just absolutely absurd they you want to own their one. own face that's what? just that's just I, I am appalled it's like you can't have one without the other it's just as simple as that you can mm -hmm. and, and who wants to go to the movies and watch a bunch of uh cgi characters that are no. not real it takes the authenticity out of everything that makes movies and tv shows so fucking wonderful and dynamic and enchanting like all of that comes from the people and the experiences that these people have had that they then put into their word into their work and their performance whatever it is right. like that comes from human experience you mm -hmm. don't get that with a computer and it's really like it's really sad and scary to think about if you know if, if they get if we don't get the contracts that we need and we don't get these negotiations negotiations met into some place that works for us like that all of that gets like ruined all mm -hmm. of what we love so much the thing that like we all connect over media and content and these stories and like where does that go and where does that leave us if this isn't if this isn't handled properly on the studio side of things. It's just crazy that, like, there's that much control over all of this, you know? I mean, it's just, it's all about money. And it's, like, it, it's funny that people are directing their anger towards, you know, oh, it must be millionaires wanting all of it. Like, no, it's literally the cost of living, especially in California, 
especially Southern California, ridiculous. It is fucking ridiculous out here. We've been, like, rumored to have, like, three oncoming housing crashes. I'll wait. I'll wait because it hasn't come and rent just keeps getting higher. Yeah. The prices of houses keep getting higher. So I'm like, to watch these actors, did you see uh, Luke Cook? Have you heard of him? He's on uh, TikTok. I know him, but I haven't seen it. He made a really good TikTok uh, explaining it. And he was just like, you know, because he's on Dollface. He was on uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and something else. And he was just like, yeah, like I live... I have two kids. I live in an apartment and uh, for like two weeks worth of work on Sabrina, I got paid $7,500. And then after actor or after agents, manager and lawyer fees, you know, that's 10%, 10%, 5%. Like it, it doesn't leave them mm-hmm. with much, you know, and he was like, and I always have two side jobs, but I think it's fair to say that if I'm on your TV, I feel like that should be my only job. And it's true. Yeah. It's like you wouldn't expect like a, a a student doctor or something to also be like working at the local convenience store, having a waiter job while they're not operating. You know what right. I mean? While they're in training, whatever it is, like just because it's not up on the top upper echelon, $100,000 per episode, I think taking into account the cost of living out here that it's like, yeah, if you are constantly working in LA and you're able to get on television, there's no reason why why you shouldn't have a decent no, payday. It, this is a career path. It, it's, exactly. It's a career path. You choose to go down it, you should be at some point compensated for it in the same way that other careers, you do the work, yes. you get the job, and then that is your career. It's insane, especially in places like LA and New York where mm-hmm. these industries are so big, the cities in no way support those industries like it's right i mean it's almost impossible to get a job the amount of personal assistant jobs that i didn't get in la because i was also an actor and they didn't want to lose me to a to a job one day even though like you don't you can't even though i was working as a personal assistant and i booked a guest star and i had to Mm -hmm. take you know three to five days off of work it's not like that means i no longer need to be an assistant i made probably a thousand dollars off of that job like that you know what i mean like that doesn't change anything but it's just not supported to or like built to support people within creative industries and it blows my mind that it's like every single time you finish a job like yeah, now you're back on the job hunt. So it's like every single audition is a job interview in hopes to make more money. But if you're not booking anything, you're not making anything in the process either. Right. Like re- besides residuals, and I feel like residuals are a joke now. Aren't really with, a thing anymore. With streaming, exactly. Yeah. Um, and in case you don't know, a residual is if you did a show and it got syndicated and it's playing over and over again or, you know, a movie or something that plays over and over again on network, on cable – they send you a check and some of these checks my friends will be like 12 cents listen there's a bar there's a full business model in los angeles called residuals in the valley that is built around the fact that actors get residuals for less than a dollar if you walk in there with a residual check and it's for under a dollar you can hand them that check and they'll give you a free drink like that's how common it is for actors to make under a dollar with their residuals checks it's insane you're telling me i was on tv and the best i can do with this is get a free stella at a bar (laughs) it's 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 so true it's so true people don't realize that like if you're not booking something if you are not currently on something you are unemployed 
You are unemployed until you book something. So that's why most doctors and writers, etc., have to have multiple jobs. I mean, I don't know if this is actually in the... Because I feel like a lot of stuff is also getting, like, blown out of proportion. Because I don't think... is Getting paid for auditions, that's not really... I don't think that they're actually asking for that. I think they're asking for regulations around auditioning. So, like, you shouldn't be able to ask somebody for a 10-page turnaround in a day. That's insane. Um, And that's fair. Yeah, there's also rules on, like, you know, you shouldn't have to have professional equipment in order to put yourself on tape. Um, There's a lot of things that you have to do for self-tapes, and and it's just gotten to be too much. And, again, this is just studios saving on renting out commercial space to hold live auditions like this is just another way of saving money on their end but then all of the out-of-work actors that aren't making money from the industry that they're putting all of their time and money into have to then buy the lights buy the backdrops buy the microphones buy the things have friends come over and like self-tape with them so now you're having to involve other people whereas normally you would go into an audition room there would be a casting director and a reader you would do your thing, you would leave, and you didn't have to involve anyone else in your career and your dreams. But like, oh, yeah. it's just totally different. What would be really cool with auditions is bringing back the, I, I think there might be an ask to bring back in person, but having um, having self-tapes as an option so that like okay. if you're in a different city, you can still audition for something, but it's not the only way for it to happen. That would be so cool. I miss in-person auditions so much. Like I was going to say, self-tapes are actually crazy. Like People have actually started businesses mm-hmm. um, outside of even like an acting school or anything like that. It's literally just to, for people to go to be put on tape, to have their tapes look and professional and read with a, with an actor, which great. But it which is now that you... It costs like 150 bucks. I was going to say per audition... Per audition, yeah. which is And sometimes that means, insane. like, you get 30 minutes of time with them. Like, that doesn't always mean that you get unlimited amount of time to make sure the audition's perfect. Like, you're paying for a portion, like, a, a time frame. And I literally had a friend a week ago. She went to go do an audition, and it's in New York, so it's, like, and it's hot and muggy here. So she got there, and they yeah. had to turn the AC off for sound, and she was sweating through the whole thing. And she went and paid for this. And then texted me on her way home and was like, hey, can I actually drop by and redo it? Because I really didn't like what we got done in the time that I had with him. So she went, paid to put an audition on tape, and then still had to ask a friend to help her with it. Because it's just not, it's just not, this isn't how things should be. It reminds me of, was it, I guess it had to have been quarantine. Because I feel like that's when, not quarantine, but like getting out of where uh, self-tapes became such a big thing um remember lucas gage who's you know having the best year ever but Mm. his audition to where the casting director like a big director or casting director was like talking shit about his apartment and didn't know that 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 lucas could hear him and was just like oh what if these actors in their shitty apartments and like what does the tv need to be in the background and like Lucas like comes into frame and is like I'm sorry about my apartment you know maybe if you book me on this job I can have a better setup you know what I mean but it's like what did you expect from these people like it's just like you want this professional level but you guys don't want to be at the auditioning spot I don't know why I can't think of an in casting office well I will say I think this is way more on producers and productions and the casting directors I've talked to a lot of casting directors that really miss in-person 
auditions. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not up to, unless they're pulling money out of their own pocket to rent a place to hold the auditions. Like, this is what they're given. This is what, but they miss it. They like working with actors and getting to like play and do all the stuff. And now they just. That's what I'm talking about too. Like, Like producers don't want to spend the money for a casting location, but you expect your out of work actors, maybe some who've never even had a break that are literally working two jobs. You want them to spend their paycheck that's supposed to go to keeping a roof over their head to having a good tape in hopes that they get a call back or in hopes that they book something. And also the amount of people that audition for one role, by the way, if it's not offered, astronomical. If it's not offered is like the key point there. Almost everything is offered now. (laughs) But then they but then they still have to see a certain amount of people. So a lot of the times they're sending out these auditions knowing that they're not even considering these actors they're just doing it because they have to hit a certain amount of like I don't know if it's quota or what it what the term for it would be but like so it's just like you're asking people to do work for no reason right right but then you also don't want to lose that because you don't want to lose the the chance to like be seen by a casting director but that's also why in person was such a big deal because like you could go in and even if they weren't actually considering this for you but they met you they loved you they got to know you a little bit they'll call you in for something when they do have the space for like a new name you don't get that here they can just like check off your tape and like move on Right. And that's what I said, too, where I was like, I really hope that the paid for auditions thing doesn't happen or like isn't something that they're fighting for. Because I was like, then there's no such thing as like a new name coming in that isn't somebody's Nepo baby. Like it's simple as that. If people have to get paid for auditions, you will never be seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And they will be straight offers. no one's gonna no no if they're not gonna pay for a casting location they're not gonna pay you to audition it's like getting paid to go on a job interview it's not going to happen so I was like yeah that would mean that we'd be seeing the same 10 actors over and over again we'd start seeing a lot of influencers turn into actors a lot of people's faces who are just like out there which also I don't know if you saw what I had posted today but um, I'm glad this is going around online but there's just this like sort of notice to influencers because they're not within SAG union. Yeah. Um, and because productions no longer have their actors to promote projects, they're going to start reaching out to influencers a lot to do it. And yeah. I know that a lot of influencers probably want to act at some point. Um, but if they promote anything, it's considered crossing the picket line and like they will probably be blacklisted from ever joining SAG. Which could so just like a good PSA to influencers. Like one, don't do it because you should be standing with the other creative people around you and like unions right. and whatnot. But also you could really fuck yourself out of ever being able to join a union down the road. This like, is not your shot. This no, is not this your is shot. This is literally because, not your shot. Don't take advantage Margot of Robbie's like not taking a role. It is not your time. No. <laughs> like, no. It is so true. It's so true. And I'm glad that they're doing that. And, you know, it's funny. I had uh, one of my friend's brothers. um, He was like, God, what movie? Haunted Mansion. I guess Haunted Mansion had their premiere yesterday. And he just posted on his story. And he was like, seen a lot of scabbing going on at the uh, the Haunted Mansion. Would hate to have to leave an anonymous tip. (laughs) 
it's literally like there is an anonymous tip line that if you are yeah promoting posting about showing up to a premiere whatever it may be you can get blacklisted and never be allowed to join the union so even if you got offered the role of a lifetime this opportunity this time right now could seriously fuck you so it's not worth it don't do it it's not worth it don't do it it's so funny too i feel like I don't really post a lot on Instagram or, like, uh, on my social media about, like, stuff that I'm watching. And I just started doing that. And I was like, great timing, Sierra. Great timing. I was like, it was, like, announced that the strike was on. And that was the day I decided to post about, like, Rose Byrne. And I was like, I think she's the most underrated actress, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, I just thought to myself after, like, I hit, like, post where I was just like, well, I'm not going to see her. Am I a lot of... <laughs> Am I promoting? I just love Rose Byrne. So I she's really so good. Play. Are you watching? She's so funny. You're watching Platonic. So yeah, nope. you you've been watching Platonic, I think, because I recommended yeah. it. Um, because I love yeah. it so much. What do you think? Um. Okay. Uh, my recommendation. I feel like you can't binge that show. You mm. you should watch it like once a week or like once a day kind of thing. Um. So this was my takeaway, because I actually, I love Rose Byrne. I love Seth Rogen. I don't know, like, I, I, I like their relationship to a point, like their friendship. And obviously, Rose Byrne's character is married. Uh, Seth Rogen's character was Rose Byrne's, like, maid of honor. Then he got married to somebody that she didn't like. The distance, he gets divorced, they become friends. I think that's a good, like, catch yeah. up to, to what it is. I think I think did we just watch the season finale? Is it is it is it over? Mm-hmm. Okay, so then I think we might have watched the season finale um the other day and I just don't know where they're going with it. It was a weird ending. It was a okay. weird ending where I I had to check to make sure that the show was over cuz it didn't feel like the show was over. Or like that you know cuz it's situationally funny. It's very situationally funny. I will say, though, I binged, like, three or four episodes in a row, and by the fourth episode, I had to turn it off because I was like, I hate both of these people. Like, I found them <laughs> both so unlikable, so rude to each other. Like, these are not friends. Yeah. Um, And, like, scapegoating each other. I don't know. There was, like, a lot of stuff where I was like, I feel like if I watched it, like, one episode at a time, then I laugh and I enjoy it. But, yeah, when I put it all together, I was like, too much. Seth Rogen's character Too is much. fucking awful, and Rose yeah. Byrne's character is fucking awful. But they're actually really funny, and I think real, like, real people. Like, I feel yeah. like it's like very like well rounded in the sense of just like showing a person and having multiple sides. But yeah, no, it's very much like a series for a moment in time. Mm-hmm. But I again, the show being platonic and it being about their friendship, I didn't get where we're going with it i, had I don't no know idea. What... i had no idea okay how do you feel about the whole like platonic of it all with like adults because there's a little okay, bit of that so... like tension between her and her husband and her and seth being such like how do you feel about all of that it's very when harry met okay. sally i don't be- i don't i don't believe in that <laughs> you don't believe in what i don't in, like platonic friendships between like adults i okay. i i I don't believe that. Like, it's one thing, like, when we're, like, kids and, you know, in our 20s and everybody hangs out in a big group and even then scandalous shit happens in those groups as well because it's just not realistic. Like, if my boyfriend 
had a best girlfriend that he was like, hey, gonna go watch a movie with Kristen. Like, I'll see you later. We might grab some dinner after. Like, fucking no, that's a date, bro. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, and that's the thing where I'm like, if Kristen doesn't have a husband or a boyfriend and Kristen is getting that male companionship, that male friendship from my boyfriend and he's getting that, like, what am I doing here? Right. I literally you know what I had, mean? I remember at the, towards the end of my relationship, um, the big one, um, mm-hmm. he went on two, like, coffee hangs with new women. No. <laughs> it was very much under the, like, I think he had met them at school and they were other, like, writers or directors or whatever. So it was, like, within his cohort, he was going to hang out or he met them. So, But I, I remember being very uncomfortable with it. But, like, mm-hmm. I felt crazy being like, no, you can't do that. And then I remember when we broke up, and it took me maybe, maybe, like, two years to reflect on this and really get a perspective on it. But I was like, did you go on two dates before we broke up? Did you tell me <gasps> that you went on two dates <laughs> before we broke up? What is that? You can't I, do that. You're just going to go no. get dinner with another woman that you don't know? So you're going on a first date. That we don't so, know her situation, we don't know her like relationship, and you guys and you guys are just gonna go sit at a candlelight dinner. Are you guys getting drinks? Are you getting a little drunk? Are you guys gonna are you, make are out? You telling about yourself? Are you sharing information and exchanging little tidbits, little inside jokes, perhaps? Mm-hmm. No, I'm Mm-mm. sorry. I am. I call me insecure. I really don't think that's what it is. I think I'm realistic. I'm like. After a certain point in time, it's the same way like when you have kids, when you whatever it may be, it's like that person, your person should be the person that's like firing off of that we're a team, we are together. There shouldn't be a third party opinion or voice or situation that could ever matter more or be compared to or, you know, weighed versus me like we're it we are each other's team if we disagree that's fine but no we don't have a third person your best girlfriend coming and being like well Sierra did you think about like no yeah I'm not dating you you should have no insight into our relationship like there's just like yeah what are you guys talking about if you're not talking about me (laughs) to this girl then what are you talking about well okay so question how do you feel as far as like maybe like new platonic friendships are weird and like I don't understand them but if it was say it was me and Connor because you and I hang out all the time and me and Connor are friends Connor and I aren't hanging out alone without you but do you not believe that there's like a genuine friendship that could exist between me and Connor even though we're not crossing any lines or hanging out without you but like there's a genuine friendship between the two of us it's not like we just talk because we're next to each other because you're there do you know what I mean See, like, there's, like, because that's what I'm saying is that I'm, like, I, I don't even know that that exists outside of crossing lines because I'm, like, listen, you guys are obviously friends. You know what I mean? But, yeah, if I'm laying in bed with him at 9 o'clock at night, like, he, she was with her husband and you're texting one of my best friends because they're your friend, too. What's so funny at 9.30 at night that you needed to tell her that you're not telling me? Well, like, totally. I think, but I think that's crossing lines. But I would say, like, with David, Katie and David, David uh-huh. is a genuine good friend of mine. Like, I think of him as, like, one of my really, really good friends. That doesn't right. mean that David and I are going to get dinner without Katie. Or that David and I are like texting and giggling at 10 p.m. at night. But it does mean I have a genuine friendship with him and it is totally platonic. 
No, like, you I know? think that, but that's what I'm saying because there's boundaries. Right. You okay, know what so I mean? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Friendships can exist, of course, platonically within boundaries, but it's mm-hmm. like, again, the boundary crossing or, like, the friendship that I'm talking about is, like, again, me hanging out with somebody of the opposite sex on a regular all the time and then also having a boyfriend in the process because I'm just, right. like, Connor's my best friend and he's my boyfriend. So, like, I don't need another person to bounce things off of or to have inside jokes with whatever. I think you can still have friends of the opposite sex, but I just, I feel like when it crosses, not even crosses a line, but like to where there's no boundary of like, oh, I'm going out for drinks, like how they were, like, how would you not feel a little like inferior, let alone that I'm just like, somebody has feelings here. Because mm-hmm. it's as simple as that. I was like, I feel like every best friend that I know of that are still, like, best friends today, first of all, aren't, aren't, but if they are, <laughs> it's because they're both in, like, separate relationships and their relationship doesn't look the same as it did 10 years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about, yeah, is somebody that you're spending time with talking to on the phone, right. an actual best, like, a best friend. Right. Your best friend. And I feel like I've also, I've seen a lot of girls do this shit too that drives me nuts is that they call somebody that's their best guy friend, their brother, their brother. He's like my brother. Like, no, he's fucking not. Mm-hmm. He's, he's really not. And one girl started dating her supposed brother. And it's just like, no, because there are feelings there. There are right. feelings there that, but because maybe timing, whatever it is, or maybe just not ready to do the full thing it's like you place them in 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 categories that make it seem safe like mm-hmm. he's my brother he's i would never but it's funny that it's like oh but if we get drunk we might make out right i hope you don't do that with your real brother right but he's not your <laughs> he's not your fucking brother like it's as yeah. simple as that so i'm like i just feel like there's also like excuses that get made as well as like well, you know, he's my best friend so you gotta keep, like but you i don't know i don't know i also feel like we're too old for that like, no, it's and it's also like uh, I, I so Sam had like a lot of girlfriends and um How did that make you feel? I didn't like, like it. Were they nice to you? No. Um they were actually like very mean <laughs> to me when I first started hanging around. And like this is that I'm And one of them about. that was his like best best friend, I found out like a year into our relationship that they had made out when they first met. And I was like, "Okay, so it's not So you have to understand that that is not okay when then you take somebody that you have history with and then Mm -hmm. put them in the category of friends because you're now in a relationship with me. But if we weren't in a relationship or if you got a little too drunk or if we were in a fight, how do I know that something is not going to happen again because you've already gone there? You guys have already admitted that there is a thing there. So this is no longer appropriate. Like you can't. But then he had friends that were, you know in relationships that I didn't even think twice about it or like I just knew them better or we were better friends that I didn't care about but it it was whenever there was some sort of history attached that I was like so this is not a normal platonic friendship there's something deeper here and it's not okay for you guys to be hanging out in the way that you think that it is right because that's a couple couples friends are different couples friends are different because it's like even if it's like the girlfriend gets along better with the boyfriend or whatever you know it's fine it's fine there's obviously a boundary that's been created in the sense that like we are on two separate teams but we're all trying to get along here right Uh, my thing is that it's like yeah the the girlfriends that are rude to you because you're now this girl uh this guy's girlfriend but why 
hate why? it. Why would you instantly be defensive over somebody that's not your boyfriend? Right. Because you want him to be a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's stuff like that where I'm just like, no. And a lot of guys, too, I will say, um, are fucking blind. Are fucking blind and just don't understand women. And that, like, you being overly nice or whatever because in your head you think they think that there's no way that they would think they have a shot with you no 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 everything is flirting i don't even know if it's blind i think they like the attention i think it's just like there is attention and it's and same for girls that have guy friends that like obviously are in love with them but they like having like an extra person (laughs) that's obsessed with them and so if they just put them in the friend category then they get to have that without confronting any of like what's actually going on and it's like no he loves but you. you know. But you <laughs> yeah. know. All I know is that I just don't I don't buy it. I don't buy it when girls are like this is like my brother, he's my best friend. No, the only reason why he's still around is because maybe one day when you're done dating a bunch of losers, you're gonna wake up and be like, oh, he's been here all along. Like yeah. that's why he's still your best friend, especially if your guy best friend who's straight isn't dating oh he's in love with you yeah giving you advice about your relationship shoulder to cry he's in love with you yeah it's as simple as that like as i said when you're in your 20s and stuff like things because we're all just hanging out together i get it i get it and even then more sordid shit i think happens in your 20s than they do as like uh when you're like old and married and shit but i'm like even then half the time shania twain shania twain's husband left her for the best friend well (laughs) yeah i mean i even had a situation i think i was like 24 so still like young i've learned since then but i ended up dating my best friend's ex and when we were all friends and hanging out it was platonic but obviously there was something there because two years later him and i are hooking up like it's yeah that shit there's there's always something going on under and then he ended up hooking up with my best friend so i was like okay <laughs> first of all Wait, sir, there's a pattern <laughs> that's actually perfect timing that your camera just died because this unemployed actor has to run to her acting class that she pays a lot oh. of money for from her second job <laughs> that is not acting you're, you're uh you're gonna go warm up your tools yes keep them keep them active work on uh, that craft Exactly. Yeah. You do it for passion. Okay? I do it for passion. Like, I do it for the love. The love of the art. I, for the arts. She's a woman in the arts, you I'm guys. I'm a theater girl. Well, Hi, love Barbie. you. <laughs> I love you. You have a great acting class, and thanks Thank for you shedding so some light on uh, the SAG strike. I'm also going to I'm gonna share for you guys on socials or in the description of this pod or whatever the link for the um, entertainer, entertainer Creative Fund that if anybody wants to donate, it helps people that like are actually struggling for like groceries and rent and whatnot. So we're gonna I'm gonna share that. Be a person yeah. that supports people in the arts. Yes, Do it. Please. Please. All right. I love you. Love everyone. I love you. Have a great class. class. No. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, we'll see you next week. Okay. okay. Nice. My reality TV obsession is can't I know, right? Yeah, it's just like a cute little hangover. Oh my god. Sierra. <laughs>